0: Hey, all right. Welcome, hockey fans. It's time for another edition of Talking Hockey. This is an Inside Sports production. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith, Jr. And, hey, it's that time of year. It's time for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this show, specifically, we're going to preview the Western Conference playoffs. The first-round matchups are all set April 11th. The fireworks begin. As you know, I don't work alone here. I do enlist the help of only the very, very best. In fact, I had to leave the country to bring this man in and here he is from somewhere in eastern canada the quickest glove hand in north america none other than my favorite goaltender lightning lonnie schwartz lonnie what's happening out
1: there man you say that with all due respect to former leafs goaltender alan bester correct (laughs) correct yes and andrew raycroft Lester had like Lester had one of the greatest glove hands ever, and I was like, "Hey, shoot it blocker side." No, please just keep it to the glove side. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> All right,
0: so uh, Lonnie, before we get into it, what's uh, what's going on up there? Uh, anything to share with the
1: the peeps out here before we break down the Western Conference? Well, absolutely. If you, if you missed out on our Eastern Conference preview, Charles and I we go way back. I used to run some some hockey interview websites and and interviewed some players. That's how we got acquainted with each other in the confines of, of Las Vegas, Nevada, all those 2009,
0: years. 2009 uh, uh, 2009 NHL Awards show when oh they held God. it at the Palms. Yes, has it
1: been sir. almost a decade? Are you serious? Yep, it has been that long. Yes, sir. Oh my God. Well, we go that far back, and now I'm teaching goaltenders. I don't do as much of the media stuff, but, I mean, I always love coming on and talking to some of the guys that I've had a great relationship with over the years, yourself obviously included there. So, yes T- teaching goaltending stpgoaltending.com. stop the puck goaltending there is no relationship to the oil or or stone temple pilots none stop okay. the puck. and just to uh, clarify that's actually an oil additive yes oil additive sorry and it is and to
0: clarify even further all it is is castor oil
1: <laughs> Sorry I'm more of a mobile one guy. Prefer the mobile one.
0: Oh, you're a synthetic type of dude. I thought you was real, man.
1: Okay. I I don't know. I just take the car to the service and they say, all right, we'll do it. You come back in three hours. We'll tell you what the price is. Isn't that the way it all goes? Okay. So let's go ahead and break this down here. Nashville
0: Predators made the Stanley Cup final last year. We're disappointed uh, in the cup final, although a nice ride to get there. Lost in six games to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. This year, they won the President's Trophy. Look ready to take that next step. And then on the other side, facing them, you got Colorado. Colorado, a great story in their own right. Improved by 48 points in one year. Went from, uh, geez, not even pretender, but just a just a horrible, horrible franchise. Traded Matt Duchesne, and I'm not putting it all on Matt Duchesne, but somehow, That kind of changed the chemistry, and here they are now. Nathan McKinnon leading the charge. I think he had, what, 39 goals this year. And then, of course, they still got Gabriel Landeskog becoming a solid team. uh, But Simeon Barlamov, really the starting goaltender, he's going to be out. It's going to be Jonathan Bernier, who famously backed up Jonathan Quick in 2012 when the Kings won the Stanley Cup. And they're going to be going against Nashville. But Nashville, you look at them uh, from goal out. I mean, Pecorine and goal. P.K. Suban and Roman Yossi on defense. And a plethora of guys who will basically, uh, in essence, beat the snot out of you And okay. forward.
1: This is, so. this is going to be a real interesting series from the from the standpoint of how long will it last truly. I mean, you brought it up. Colorado, everybody last year going, Joe Sakic. You were a great hockey player, but we're questioning your hockey acumen. And then this year, he makes that trade. Nathan McKinnon all of a sudden finally remembers why he was one of the most highly touted talents when he was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche. So it's nice to see that he's Mm -hmm. reached that potential. However, as a team, do they have enough? Like, Remember, they they went on what? 10 game win streak during the season. And Varlamov was injured for a good stretch of that. So Bernier did have a big hand in that, but this Stanley Cup, is he going to hold up to the scrutiny and pressure? And, and you, like you said, we're talking about the defending Western conference champions here, a team that peck perennial Vesna trophy candidate, UC Soros, his backup goaltender had some really good starts this year as well. So if for any reason the injury bug takes a big bite out of Peccarina, they've got an amazing backup goaltender. Then they've got a defensive core that is unmatched in the National Hockey League. Right. You've got Roman Yossi. You've got Ryan Ellis. You've got P.K. Subban. You've got Matthias Ekholm. Those are four top-notch defensemen right there. Those are 1A, 1B on every team just about. I mean, yeah, we talk about P.K. Subban an awful lot. But the C on the sweater belongs to Roman Yossi. That guy is a horse. He drives the offense. He does the penalty kill. He's five on five. I swear he might change in between periods with Pecorine and no one notices. That's how complete Roman Yossi is. (laughs) Like, he doesn't get enough credit because, yes, P.K. Subban is very talented, very exuberant. Roman Yossi just sits back there kind of a la Nick Lidstrom, and says, okay, I'm going to do my job. That's my job. Well, he plays in Nashville,
0: though. That's the other thing. And you know, I still contend that even though Weber hasn't had great luck there in Montreal, but he should have won the Norris three times when he was in Nashville. But it's hard to get any any credit for anything playing in that particular market. If Roman Yosi played for the Rangers, could you could
1: you just imagine? <laughs> It'd be massive. It'd be massive. But the the best part about it is, and and let's get the formality out of the way. I do believe that we spoke about this off air. Neither of us are picking Colorado in this series. Let's be real here. This is this is Nashville. If, if there's a series that could be swept, this one could very well be right. out of every series in the in the playoffs. And it's it's good that Colorado made it. Thank you for coming to the party, but not everybody gets to stay. So right. bye bye. You're gone yeah. in maybe four games. Probably five if they if they seal one out, you know, in Colorado. But I, the I only question that. here, really,
0: yeah, they, you know, a lot of teams have died in that mile-high air there in Colorado. That's true. But the only thing here is, honestly, and all due respect to Colorado, like you said, but it's only a matter of is this going to be a sweep or not. Yeah. If Colorado wins this series, I'm going
1: to be beyond shocked. Beyond I think shocked. everybody in the hockey world would be. Yes. And- And big credit again, because this is definitely going to be a story that will get thrown out there once more. And that's how Nashville has embraced the game and how that entire street right around Bridgestone Arena is just a massive wall of people for the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's fantastic to see a market that was dubbed just non-traditional, won't be successful, to be a perennial Stanley Cup contender now with a fan base that has fully embraced it. There are people who make, who travel to Nashville from Canada just to take part in those playoff festivities. There's just an energy to it that they say you can't match. You can't find that even here in Toronto, where they gather by the thousands in front of the Air Canada Centre. So, so it's going to be interesting to see that play out again this year too. Good on Nashville as a group yep. of fans in a market that was dubbed and deemed a potential failure for many, many years.
0: There we go. And, you know, something else I like about these Western Conference playoffs is that they're all actually, as the chips fell, they're all division matchups. So all the teams are familiar with one another. And, uh, you know, going to the next one, we got uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg. All, all these teams, they played each other four times. They battled for the division. Now they're battling each other in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So a good chance for some some acrimony, you know, that has developed. And now everybody gets to take it out in the seven game series. But Minnesota against uh, against Winnipeg here. Winnipeg won the season series three games to one. Minnesota, of course, they suffered that big blow with with Ryan Suter going out with, this, with the broken leg there just a couple of weeks ago. They're not going to have him on the back line. They already had trouble with Winnipeg in the regular season. So I guess what it comes down to with this, and we know about Connor Hallibuck, he's set the record. 44 wins by an American-born goaltender, 44 wins this season in net for Winnipeg. Of course, playoff hockey is different, but really what it is is a a Devin Dubnik over there. he has been solid for Minnesota for a while now, but it's a matter of this Minnesota team, which had so much difficulty with Winnipeg during the regular season. Now Ryan Suter has gone off the blue line. Do you see Minnesota winning this Series and especially remember Winnipeg. Now Nashville won the President's Trophy. Winnipeg was only three points behind them in the regular season, so Winnipeg right. gets overlooked. I mean, they're in Manitoba, which you know, when you look at uh, Canada, there you've got you know Ontario, you got uh, you got BC on the other side, and then you got Manitoba.
1: They are the runt of the litter, are man- they not? Yeah, the uh, man- yes. Manitoba. Manitoba <laughs> isn't exactly a province that everyone in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> shall we say, looks at as a, a, a vacation destination. <laughs> I'm just trying to be diplomatic. I've yeah. driven through the country. Uh, I was married at one point to someone who hailed from Manitoba. And and I must confess that it, it is a city maybe not worth the ire that the San Jose Sharks threw the, their way earlier in the year. But <laughs> like I said, nobody's exactly rushing to selloffvacations.com to say, can I stay at the corner of Portage and Maine?" Right. Right. The Winnipeg Jets had a phenomenal year. And I don't think anybody truly expected them to have as good a year as they had. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, as you pointed out, breakout season. Will he translate that into the playoffs? Remains to be seen. But they've got a hell of a lineup too. Mark Scheifele might be one of the most underrated players in the NHL. While he was out, though, they still performed well. Blake Wheeler wearing the C. He throws Mm -hmm. around the weight. He's able to contribute offensively. Dustin Buffalo. We talked about, about big
0: buff, baby. Big that, buff.
1: It, well, big I mean, buff. how can we forget the linebacker on skates? <laughs> right. Like, like, I love it. I'll always remember, even when he was in Chicago, that highlight reel where he just walked, or sorry, skated right up to the glass, the arms outstretched, like, what's you going to do? What's you going to do <laughs> when Hulkamania runs wild on you? Or, well, buff. Any which way. You've got a team that's very complete. We talked about Austin Matthews on the Eastern Conference side. Then there's Patrick Lining, the number two draft pick, whom, if even at Toronto for some reason said, you know what, we're just going to go with this Lining guy, would have been all right. I mean, right. he competed for the Rocket Richard Trophy. There was no sophomore slump. He looks like I was watching. I was watching a game. He's grown this crazy beard. I'm watching with my friend, and I turn. And I say, "Hey, look, Satan's goat learned how to play hockey, but the guy can score. <laughs> the guy can score. You look at, but you look at just his facial. I'm not trying to be a dick." Okay, I'm not trying to be that guy. But, I mean, look at the guy. You look at him, and you're looking and going, if Satan had a goat that could play hockey, it would be him. And, hey, you and know he... what The beard has nothing to do with his hockey skills, so you can say what you want about
0: it. That beard or whatever that thing is hanging off his face is what it is. It should have its own blog as far as I'm concerned. It just looks evil. It looks, yeah, evil. it looks evil. Yes. Much like the eyebrows of Miroslav Shaitan. Remember him <laughs> whose name was spelled Satan? And he yeah. had those evil-looking eyebrows that kind of curved in. Was it ever known that he actually
1: shaved them that way or did they grow in that way? I don't know. His name is Satan, as most of us would have ignored the silent H that doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, Hey, my name's Stanislav's Netskash. No, it's Necker, okay? Necker. N-E-C-K-A-R. Necker. Okay? No. No. But anyway, we're, we're we're getting off the beaten path here yes. on a series that we both I do believe uh, is going to go the way of the Winnipeg Jets because they were just they were really that good this year. And like you said, Ryan Suter, the backbone of the defense, doesn't really have a backbone without a femur. And you can have the comeback of Eric Stahl all you want. Right. That's nice to see. That's a great story. But I don't think that's going to translate into a great postscript, no matter how well Devin Dubnyk plays. This Winnipeg team is 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 actually a pretty scary prospect.
0: So we got Winnipeg in
1: what, five or six, you think? Uh, you know,
0: as we say, we don't pick the number here. It's just a matter of how competitive you see the series. Either you see it as a four or five game series, a five or six, or a six or seven if you think it's it, gonna be a dog fight.
1: It will be brief. I don't see there being a dog fight because Minnesota just doesn't have the horses to compete right. with, with a team like Winnipeg. Four or five. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe we just talked about it with Colorado and, and and Nashville. Maybe this one's even more of an obvious sweep than we're giving it credit for. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. All righty. So now let's get to the Pacific division. Now that we broke down the Atlantic division playoffs, let's go ahead to the Pacific division. Old rivals getting reacquainted. I'm looking, the re-acquainted. I'm
1: <laughs> the looking at the tree. Ducks. v Oh, wait, we're not going to that team yet. We're going, we're going to the Ducks. We're We're going going to the
0: Ducks, Ducks. yes. We're saving the new kids for
1: the uh for the last. Oh, okay. They're the last ones. Sharks and
0: Ducks getting reacquainted in the playoffs. Uh many playoff battles have come before. Remember, the Sharks won the president's trophy and played the Ducks in the first round. It did not turn out well for the Sharks. So here they are. Sharks won the season series 3-0 and one. Uh in the season series. So, anyways, but we're looking at injury problems here. So Cam Fowler, who's one of the just the an incredible skating, skating defenseman for the Ducks. He's going to be out. He's uh, done for the playoffs. In fact, John Gibson, who uh, he gets injured every, he's made of glass. You know, I'm not trying to put him down, but that's just the way it is. Half the time you don't even see him get injured. All of a sudden he just leaves the game and then he's out for 10 days. So Ryan Miller's going to be stepping in um, for the Sharks. Joe Thornton, he's been out since January. Uh, with a knee problem. He's not going to be available in game one. I don't know what his status is for the rest of the playoffs. And then uh, Evander Kane was injured about a week ago or so. And Sharks dropping the final game of the season, which would have given them home ice in the uh, playoffs here. Instead, it's going to be in Anaheim. So uh, what do you think about this one? A good matchup, good energy. It should be entertaining.
1: I always get – I don't. I don't want to say. I don't give enough attention to these two teams, and I don't think anybody in the NHL outside of your geographical area, because you're close enough to you know watching a lot of Anaheim games and watching your share of Kings games, obviously. So these are sort of two teams that, that are part of the National Hockey League that everybody kind of forgets about. And It's like, but they're two very good hockey teams. At right the same time. There's consistent playoff performances. They make the playoffs. I mean, unfortunately for San Jose, as we've talked about off air before, they, they win conferences, they win president's trophies. It doesn't matter. They don't, they don't seal the deal. They don't take Stanley home when, when the prom is all done and the lights are up. They just yep. like, Hey baby, you want to come home? Nah, I'm going home with the other guy. I'm sorry. I know yeah. you're nice. We had a good run, but I'm sorry. But many
0: times they've walked into the dance with the prettiest girl on their arm, but they don't leave with her. Exactly. That's the problem.
1: Yes. exactly. So I, I, I mean, Ryan Getzlaf. Uh, every year that I've drafted him in my hockey pool, somebody makes a joke. Oh, you've picked old man Getzlaf, but old man Getzlaf still puts up the apples. Like this yeah. guy's got an orchard. Corey Perry, he's not the Art Ross guy that he used to be, but he's still an effective offensive talent. And you, like you just pointed out, Ryan Miller's going to be in net when he when he's got to be. And he, look, there's another former Vesna can or sorry Vesna Trophy winner not candidate winner. And he can perform when there is some pressure on the line unless Sidney Crosby puts one between the legs. That's oh, neither here nor there. I'm <laughs> sorry. I have to throw that in there. Oh, Canada. I'm Sorry. It just overwhelmed. Well, I you.
0: just think that to me, you can sum up Ryan, Ryan Miller's career by that whole thing of they pl- talked about how well he played in that Olympics against Canada, but ultimately it was a loss. Yeah, And to me, that's kind of Ryan Miller in a nutshell. I've, I've followed him since he was in Buffalo because, of, you know, the American goaltender. And I always look at American-born goaltenders and kind of uh, look at them a little bit more, you know, scrutinize them a little bit more. And I've just seen him honestly fold under pressure a few too many times. Uh, Martin Jones there on the other side playing for the Sharks. Uh, he was, he's been strong when he had to be. He was Jonathan Quick's backup in 2014 when the Kings won the Cup. And now he's gone to San Jose and proven himself. Ryan Miller's been on a good roll here lately. Uh Josh, uh, John Gibson, I just don't know if he can stay healthy or not. I can pick this. I'm going to say San Jose and seven in this series. Although I don't know what the whole Joe Thornton situation is. And the, the bad thing with Thornton is not just the age, but the fact that it was a knee injury. So you wonder how the cardio is going to be when he gets back. You know, that's the thing because it's, one thing its upper body, you can still do all the leg work you need to do. So if Thornton does come back, you know, how good is he going to be when he gets back? That could be a factor because uh, the Ducks, you know, that second line, which doesn't get a lot of play, a lot of air time. But Ryan Kessler, uh, Andrew Cogliano, and Jacob Silverberg, uh, good energy line. Cogliano is just the, the consummate professional to me, not the – I mean, he's got good speed, but that quickness – in small spaces that he has, normally he's able to draw almost a penalty every game because he just gets away from somebody and they've got to clutch and grab and hook and hold him. But uh, I'm still going to go. Good series here, very entertaining. I urge everyone in Eastern Canada to watch this series. I'm going Sharks in
1: seven. Yeah, I, 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 I'm 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 going to side with you on that one too. Logan Couture, by the way, relatively relatively injury free season for a guy like yes. Logan Couture. And as far as I'm concerned, this is somebody who can take over the reins from Joe Thornton as, as a leader and an engine on a team like San Jose. What well, about little guy. Joe,
0: man? Don't diss little Joe now. <laughs>
1: what? The big, Joe big, Yeah, exactly. I would now, never really dis- ties the room together. I never would. Yes, he does. tie. Does he not? <laughs> but, but I, I think that Logan Couture is one of those guys that doesn't necessarily get, credit that he deserves as, a, as an right. upper echelon player. I mean, he, he's posting when he's not injured, he posts points. And and it's not to say that he's going to have an Art Ross kind of year ever in his career, but he's going to be a very good offensive talent for many years to come, yeah. as is the big Pavelski, but it's just a bit of a, a different game. I would, I would say. Burns, Burns on the blue line, hey, the
0: Norris yeah. trophy guy on the blue line with that beard that really puts – he should skate up to Patrick line Hey Patrick, yeah, see – this is
1: a beer. yeah how how can you how can you forget Brent burns as well Vesna trophy or not Vesna sorry norris trophy candidate from last season and, or and and the guy the guy's a great defense. yeah and he definitely drive the offense. he had a slow start to the year. trust me my fantasy pool standings felt the wrath of that. but <laughs> as the as the season drew to its end, he was the Brent burns that we remember him from being for the last few seasons. so there's been some sustained offensive output yes. How could we forget the man that is affectionately known as what Sasquatch?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I
1: mean, a big hair and then a
0: man bun. It's just, uh, I, uh
1: wow. Man bun. Let's, yeah, no, no man, uh, man bun. <laughs> and
0: you know, every year since 2013 when the Ducks started the run of winning the Pacific division titles, which was ended this year by the Vegas golden Knights, but Every year they've lost a game seven at home, which is very, very disappointing for their fans. And I've been at a lot of those game sevens. And you can almost feel it when the fans walk into the building and they're trying to be as upbeat as possible. But it's almost like everyone knows. And it's like they've had a 3-2 series lead every time and then lost a game on the road and come back. And I don't mean they lose a hard competitive game barely at home in game seven i mean they fall on their faces in game seven at home and if it gets to a game seven here their, their only chance is to beat the sharks in six that exactly say that, don't make it to seven don't make it to seven don't i'm saying seven. sharks in seven though i just i like the team and with the teams facing injuries but i think that the more key injuries are on the side of the ducks with fowler being out He's a big chunk of that offense moving the puck. And remember, they no longer have Sammy Bottonen because they did trade him for Adam Henrique to get more punch up front, which Henrique has been great. But still, yes. it comes down to the defensive core. I like the defensive core of the Sharks a little better now with Fowler out. And then the goaltending, I just tend to trust Martin Jones more than I trust Ryan Miller. Uh, if you want to know why I feel the way I do about Miller, uh, you can ask the fans in Buffalo. You can also ask the guys in St. Louis when he was brought there to take them to the promised land, and how did he do there? Was his goals against average of, what, 5.2
1: or something like that in
0: that playoff year?
1: It's terrible. So I'm going Sharks here. Uh, And and I will side with you again on that, and I think, like you pointed out, the first two series we talked about could be the potential sweeps of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. This will likely be one of those where it's like if it goes to seven games, nobody's going to sit there and go, well, I wasn't expecting it to go to seven games here. Yeah. I think I think we're both on with that too. I know it's it's the agreement parade here, but I don't know how you're gonna feel about about my views here on the on the next series at hand. Where, oh, where next we met series. in Las Vegas, Nevada, the promised land for 10 years of an NHL franchise. Yeah, you know, and that's my life. You know, most guys go there and meet they meet strippers. I meet Lonnie in Vegas. You know, that's <laughs>
0: just how things go. But you know what? I doubt if anyone met a stripper eight years ago, they'd still be talking to her now, but I'm still talking to you. So, you know, I think I fared pretty well. And I did see the hangover also that came out. I saw that in Vegas, Um, you know, so it was a good trip overall. Make a probably lifelong friend and didn't meet any strippers. That's always good. My wife was okay with that too.
1: You know what? And I was there to cover the NHL awards. You were there to cover the NHL awards. We had some fun. We still keep having fun all these years later. And now, as, as people have always been, you know, a little skeptical about this Vegas franchise, the minute there was the NHL awards being allotted to Las Vegas over Toronto, you knew something was brewing for like the last decade. You know, you don't just say, oh, yeah, right. we want it in Vegas of all places for no reason. The intent was to build a fan base. And this year... I, What's left to say about a team that nobody really gave any shot? When do you you give an expansion team a shot at the playoffs? Never mind over 100 points. Never mind clinching your division. Never mind everything that they've done this year. It's insane. They went through five goalies. Five goalies in a stretch and still won. (laughs) They had sustained win streaks of more than five games on multiple stretches throughout the year. And this is... uh, and this is a team full of guys that people didn't want on other teams. However, the NHL needed to make this team viable. And now, of course, I know I won't go too far on this sidetrack here. That's going to stay for when Seattle gets their franchise coming soon too. Because, so when
0: the when the award show moves to Seattle,
1: certainly right? we'll know that something's brewing there as well. Well, they've that, but they've uh, got that expansion franchise already allotted to them. You're the only team bidding. So, um, yeah, they're probably going to get one. I don't think the rules are going to change. I think, I think the NHL did a great thing engineering the expansion draft the way they have with the Vegas Golden Knights. From a simple standpoint, that do you really want to watch a whipping boy every single night and wait for a decade well, to have the franchise take off? On that note, I believe
0: that the, the uh, Arizona Coyotes have applied for a franchise draft. They would like to just go ahead and just uh, disband the entire team, have everybody except for Oliver ekman Larson, and then get to have a franchise draft there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, expansion
1: draft. Yeah, expansion draft. Don't you guys already exist?
0: Not really. Not really. (laughs) Well, not if you ask the city council of Glendale, Arizona, they don't exist. But anyways, let's not get sidetracked with Arizona and how long they'll be there and all that. What we've got is the Los Angeles Kings who really laid down a fan base there in Vegas because they played frozen fury there since the, uh, since the mid nineties or late nineties rather. So a lot of uh, Kings fans were already out there. Vegas, they come along the Kings won the season series two one and one. We, we like that Vegas team. You know, and look at the goaltending matchup, Mark Andre Flory, who's got three Stanley cup rings, Jonathan quick, two Stanley cup rings for the Kings. but, uh, this seems to be, you know, it's about matchups here. And I know you're liking the Knights here, but, you know, when I look at it, I mean, Jonathan Quick versus Marc-Andre Fleury. I know what Quick has done in the playoffs. I know what Fleury has done. I think I, I tend to give the Kings a little edge there. Now, with the defense, Drew Doughty on one side, although the never. overall core never be. Yes, never Doughty. Yes, exactly. There is, no D, there is no B in his name, okay? <laughs> I, I, have, I have doubt, right? And then, but here's the thing, though, up front, the one-two punch at center, Andre Kopitar, Jeff Carter, I think one of the best you'll find anywhere, although I like all the forwards that they have there in in, uh, Vegas. But remember, the Kings allowed the fewest goals this year of any team in the NHL, and you know how things get a little tight in the playoffs. So with those matchups – uh, do you think that Vegas is gonna have the same firepower that they have when the you know everything gets tighter? It's not able to make those passes, you know, not as much room out there. But well, this should be an epic series. Lonnie, go ahead and make that call. Are you are you gonna pick the golden knights?
1: I'm not gonna pick the golden knights. I'm not. Okay. As much as I give praise to what they did as a franchise for the regular season, as as much praise as I give the NHL to creating an environment that allowed for them to have this kind of success, which was great to see, a very pleasant surprise to see. It's good for hockey. But the Los Angeles Kings had a comeback season of comeback seasons. We're talking about Andre Kopitar, who fell so far off the radar after last year. He gets that big contract, and everybody's like, w- what player did we sign? Who big is contract and a C on his jersey. Yeah. It was the first had-
0: time being captain.
1: It wasn't just an average season. It was abysmal. Yeah. He just kept waiting. And then this year, he comes out and is like, oh, this this is reminiscent of the Andrzej Kopitar that we know. And then over the year, it's like, well, it's still the Andrzej Kopitar we know. So last year's the anomaly. And then you have Jeff Carter, who was injured for, what, 70 games? 50, uh, 55 games total. And I, yes. I, I uh-huh. exaggerate, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. but Jeff Carter was missing in a huge offensive component. We also talked about Drew Doughty, who again a small sidetrack, might not be a king for much longer. His status as a free agent is pending soon. He's not, not going season. to Toronto. Tell What's your not? boys
0: up there to forget.
1: It. He is not going to Toronto. No, Tell know. your
0: boys to forget it. I
1: don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's another that's another that's another conversation altogether. But for the here and now, we're talking about we're talking about Drew Doughty. We're the guy is a handful of elite defensemen in the league, and he's one of them. And and you've got the best American-born goaltender in the game still, no matter what Hellebuck did earlier this year and his wins. Yeah. And Jonathan Quick, lowest goals against this year, as you pointed out, won the Williams Jennings Trophy after an injury-plagued season last year. And and as you quoted, which I was very flattered, the guy's inhuman. Yeah. The guy's lower body just doesn't have a switch that says anything but Gumby. He can do anything he wants. He can stretch, do the split. I love Jonathan Quick. He's unorthodox, but still has a great foundation to him, and he knows how to win. He, he's won Stanley Cups. And not to say that his opponent at the other end of the ice hasn't, but the weapons up front that LA has Dustin Brown, right. the captain like another guy who had a had a big bounce back year last year was not his best this year offensively speaking a big bounce back mm-hmm. so i've got a i've got to throw my weight behind the LA Kings in this series as much as as Vegas has done great things in its in its rookie year i, I think this isn't going to be such a, a knockout drag out definitely going 7 games i can see it going 6 and i can see everybody I can almost see commuting going back between Vegas and Los Angeles, even if it's back to back games in the series. It's like, okay, we're going back to we're going back to LA now. Why not? Because you're not staying in Vegas for the playoffs. It's not <laughs> happening. The so, casino is going to be floating your drinks and strippers all night. It's not happening. You're staying home. Exactly.
0: As soon as that game is over, charter flight. Out of there. Yeah.
1: Back and forth. 20 minutes and we're home, guys. Mm -hmm. We're not messing around here. 20 minutes. There's no excuse. There's no old time zone nonsense. No, they're not staying in Vegas. They're staying in L.A.
0: And what I like, though, is when you say uh, if it's Kings and Six, it's going to be game six. It's April 21st in downtown L.A. at Staples Center. That will be game six. So party in downtown L.A. April 21st. I got the Kings as well, and I, I I see it as a six-game series. It's just too hard to do everything do things right. No sweep, no nothing. All props to Vegas; they are the division champs. But this is a tough matchup for them here in this round, and I think they're going to learn a lot. They got a lot of veteran players, and a lot of those guys have been there. You know, they had those so those uh, these are not a bunch of rookies or anything that are on this Vegas front line. You know, they got James Neal, guys like that who know what it takes to win, but I think that the defense core of the of the Knights also is a little suspect. They play well as a unit, but they don't have the one standout guy. And I think that can be some problems because L.A. can put on that relentless four check, as we all know about. So the, I got L.A. in six here.
1: Yeah. The core of the Los Angeles Kings is the core that's helped bring them the Stanley Cup before, and, and you can't discount that. They're not that far removed where you can sit there and go – Wow, those veteran players really have aged, and they're not contributing anymore. No, these are the veteran core players that helped you hoist the Stanley Cup not that long ago. So, so yeah, I can see Los Angeles moving ahead, and this being a great building block for a great team. Mark Andre Fleury, definitely an asset, leadership wise. Definitely going to be a great asset in the in net. I don't think that's going to be the big problem for Vegas, but like you said, the overall complexion on the defensive side and the offensive side doesn't stack up to the experience level and what it takes in the Stanley Cup playoffs that the Los Angeles Kings aren't just familiar with, but have have obviously gotten to the finish and said, oh, hey, Stanley, you coming home with us? Oh, you are.
0: That's great. <laughs> That's
1: yeah. great. Stanley, we
0: love you. We shall see. So, yeah, with a little recap here, everybody. So, we're picking Nashville and Colorado. We both pick uh, Nashville, just a matter of whether or not it's going to be a sweep. Uh, we both pick Winnipeg over Minnesota. And uh, we're both going with the Sharks over the Anaheim Ducks. And we also agree with the Kings uh, over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Everything gets started Wednesday, April 11th. And uh, remember, you're watching Talking Hockey will be here. We'll be here weekly throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, taking a look at what's happening, what might happen, and uh, giving little news and notes and uh, anecdotes and analytics and everything else. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. You can follow Mr. Schwartz on Twitter at The Schwartz, that's S C H W A R T Z, 5454.
1: Five, That's Zed, by the way, for Canadian listeners, Zed, they might get confused hearing Z. Okay.
0: All right. Gotcha. (laughs) Oh, Oh, cultural humor. Okay. Why not, eh? (laughs) Hey. Okay. So before we get out of here, Mr. Schwartz, I want to give you a few moments here. Uh, You have some wisdom you'd like to share with all of these um, hockey fans out here. You know, we are here to increase uh, NHL IQs. So what have you got for us today,
1: homeboy? Well, if you're unfamiliar with what this grind is all about, it is just that. There's no tournament like this to determine a champion. 16 games of, if you think regular season hockey, if you've ever just caught a passing glimpse and said, oh my God, that's vicious. Then you look at what happens in the playoffs. That makes that look like a cloud on a rainy day. And then you see a guy taking a 70 mile an hour puck to the chicklets losing all those chiclets and then coming back 10 minutes later to finish the game and then saying, I got a dental appointment tomorrow morning. That's the kind of (laughs) sacrifice that kinds of players make every single year. You hear the laundry list of injuries that guys go through just to win the cup. What was it? Bergeron said, yeah, I had a hairline fracture here, a punctured lung there. It's like, wait, hold up. You played with a punctured lung? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this isn't normal patrice people stay in the hospital for like a week when they. you played in the most intense series imaginable there let me give you perspective because even the most tertiary understanding of sports most people go these guys are tough those guys are tough aussie rules football they play full contact football without any padding none like a knockout is the tour du jour. It's like, oh, you got knocked out. Okay. And I just drank water. Like, what's new? You know, they look at mm-hmm. hockey players and go, those guys are nuts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are insane. So, if, if again, this is new to you, and we, you know, hockey's one big conversion family, equal opportunity. We don't care what sport you religiously followed before. Come on in, enjoy the party, see what we've all been enthusiastic about. We're not just high on maple syrup in Canada. We're not on this tremendous sugar high or a big drunken rage on beer that has an alcohol content more than two and a half percent. No, this is the sport. This is the time. If you're going to get hooked on hockey, if someone's going to pass you this drug that Charles has enjoyed, hook, line, and sinker, something that's been my birthright as a Canuck, this is the time for you to go, yes, I will try this fantastic drug called hockey.
0: Yep, most definitely. And that Hey, thing? you know, probably I can say I have touched the Stanley Cup seven different times in five different states. The state right. of confusion, the state of inebriation, uh, state of denial. Uh, no, <laughs> actually five different
1: states. Hold on a second. You asked for a drop of knowledge on this, and and, yes. and I've got to ask you this because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. In any of those states, did you take the cup and hoist it over your head? Once. Once I got to do that. You
0: did it? In California during the lockout year of 2005, I was doing minor league hockey, the Long Beach Ice Dogs, and they brought the cup down. Uh, Phil Pritchard was there and everything. They did let me lift it over my head. I do have a picture of myself with the cup overhead when I was doing uh, color for the. Long Beach Ice Dogs, providing yeah. color and also doing color commentary on television. I can't do and, that. Hey,
1: you I know? just can't do that. I didn't, 34 pounds. Lightest 34 pounds I ever lifted. I, I mean, I've hugged it. I've kissed it. I, You know, I, I've been next to it and just like, hey, how's it going? But I've never lifted it over my head because I, and I was given not a stern lecturing over this, but just a, a guideline by someone who won the cup. The last Toronto Maple Leaf captain to actually win the cup is George Armstrong. And I played some hockey with his son. And during that lockout year, the former captains were allowed to get the cup for a little fun. Right? So they bring it to, to Freddie's house and, and George is like, now you don't get to lift that over your head now. And <laughs> you didn't win it. You didn't play. You don't, you didn't compete. So you don't get to do it. So the chief, cause that's his nickname was like, yeah. you don't do that. So I'd like, oh, Okay. No problem. You're the chief, so I've I thought never the chief the was World Johnny Marine.
0: Busick. Was that? So more than, I thought the chief was Johnny Busick from the, the old from
1: the old Bruins back there. I guess you run out of nicknames at some point. Well, there are yeah, there are a couple. Look, you can go hey number four, and some people will automatically go Bobby Orr. But then there are going to be people in in Quebec who will say Le Gros Bill, but also uh, il y a quelqu'un d'autre qui, uh, qui, qui utilisait le numéro quatre, Jean Bellevue, uh, Bobby Orr, ça fait rien. <laughs> Sorry, I had to flip the bilingual card there. And yes, I like it, that. Google Translate that's legit French. I didn't just yes. make that up to confuse the American listener. No, that's legit French. Legit. I knew that. I could I could uh, understand it a couple
0: you of times. And number four means a whole different thing in New Jersey too. Do we want to talk about that? You know oh, the, so.
1: the incarnate the man with the most intimidating goatee of all time that basically threatened the entire Detroit bench that you're next? Yeah. Scott (laughs) Stevens? Him? Him? Oh, I love that man. Okay,
0: everybody. Remember, we'll be here next week for you. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll be giving you updates. I'm Charles E. Smith, Jr. And for Mr. Lonnie Schwartz, thank you for for watching Talking Hockey, Inside Sports Production. We'll see everybody next time.
1: Brink here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Ooh.